This morning, we're going to take a look at the, a little bit, the life of Hezekiah, uh, one of the kings of Judah. And Hezekiah was of the house of David. He was the 13th king of Judah there in Israel. And he was probably one of the most prominent of the kings of Judah. He's also mentioned in uh, the genealogy of Jesus Christ listed in Matthew chapter 1. Uh, Ezekias, it's pronounced in Matthew it's when it's translated from Greek to English, uh, different than uh, Hebrew to English as Hezekiah. But he's mentioned there in the genealogy of Jesus Christ, Matthew chapter 1. He's just, in just outside of biblical terms and historical terms, he was uh, he's a great uh, figure. He saw the fall of Sennacherib, the great Assyrian king, after the siege of Jerusalem. And so, historically speaking, he was an um, uh, interesting king. So, start with me in, in 2 Chronicles chapter 29. Chapter 29. We're going to read the first two verses. Second Chronicles 29, verse 1. Hezekiah began to reign when he was five and twenty years old, and he reigned nine and twenty years in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Abijah, the daughter of Zechariah. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord according to all that David, his father, had done. I don't know uh, when Hezekiah made this choice to seek the Lord, to follow the Lord. Uh, that he was going to do that which was right in the sight of the Lord if he made this decision at 25 as he was becoming king or at some point in his life before that he had made a decision to follow God but he like Joshua uh, who said as for me and my house we will serve the Lord (laughs) Hezekiah made a decision he made a commitment in his life that he was going to follow the one true God, the God of Israel, the God of of his great-great-grandfather David. And he made a choice that he was going to do that. And this choice affected the course of his life. We see this this simple, really, uh, that he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. But then we read his life and see all the things that Hezekiah faced and all the things that he went through, we find out that the the turning point or the decision point or whatever, it started with Hezekiah and it's going to be with us and ourselves yielding, surrendering ourselves to the Lord. Now this can come at salvation, of course, when we surrender our lives and our eternal destinies to our Savior, Jesus Christ. But this also comes in in how we make our daily decisions and how we direct our lives as believers, as followers of Christ, when we choose to be obedient to the Lord. 
and His Word. When we choose to trust Him, when we choose, choose to seek after the Lord. It is so interesting when you read these kings before Hezekiah, many of them had no, uh, they didn't seek after the Lord at all. They had no desire for the Lord. They even went after false gods. It would be easy for us when we read this passage to say, yeah, but that was, you know, all the things that God did in Hezekiah's life, which we'll see in a second, it would be easy to say, yeah, but he was a king. You know, he was a king, so this is different. But it's not. It is not different. The way that God deals with us is the same way that God deals with a king and the same way that God deals with anybody. Listen, Hezekiah faced battles in his life. And you and I, we face battles in our lives. Hezekiah, he faced depression. He faced discouragement. I mean, serious discouragement. He faced enemies. Now, you and I's enemies may not be the same enemies that are besieging our city and sitting outside, but our enemies can be besieging our mind. They're spiritual. And we have enemies just as Hezekiah did. And truly, all of it is relative, isn't it? Hezekiah, he faced a huge task laid out before him at 25 years old. He had a huge workload, if you will. And you and I in this society, in this day and age, I don't know if it's always been this way, but it certainly is now for a mother, for a father, for those at work, whoever you are, there is always things to be done, right? So you know what Hezekiah faced as a king? He faced sickness. Now this is something that we'll all face, or we are facing. We understand that the Word of God tells us that God is no respecter of persons. Therefore, the way that God deals with King King Hezekiah is the same way that He'll deal with us if we choose to walk with Him, choose to follow Him, choose to seek after Him, and put our faith and trust in Him. Our battles, our discouragement, our trials, our things that we face, listen, are just as important to our Heavenly Father as Hezekiah's were. He cares about us and loves us just the same. What made all the difference in Hezekiah's life is that he chose to follow the Lord. He chose to follow the Lord. This is a decision. And and listen, this is a decision that you can make deep down in your your soul (laughs) right now. This doesn't mean you follow a church. This doesn't mean you follow people. And you understand that. But deep down in your soul, you just say, I will follow the Lord from this day forward, I am His, I'm going to follow Him wherever He leads and wherever He guides and whatever He does, I will follow the Lord. He is true. Hezekiah didn't follow other people. He was just completely different. If you read, he changed how everything went in, in, in Judah. His, his, he didn't have good examples before him. His dad, his dad had not been a follower of God. His dad was following pagan gods. 
the king before him, his father. And so he didn't have a good example. He didn't have great things to follow. But he made a choice. He says, I, I will follow uh, this one true God. Now, making this choice to follow the Lord, making this choice to follow God, I want to make this distinction, does not exempt us from trouble. That's not what this message is about, that once we choose to follow the Lord, now that we are exempt from trouble. The Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 45, For He maketh the sun to rise on the evil and the good, and He sendeth the rain on the just and the unjust. Now, if God will do nice things for the evil and the good, hey guys, having the sun come up, that's a good thing, isn't it? Having the rain come, that's a good thing. Uh, If it didn't rain, we'd all be in trouble. And God does that for the just and the unjust alike, just so as He gives good things. Because of the world that we live in and its curse and the fall of man, trouble comes to the just and the unjust alike. We probably won't get through this life and miss it. But Hezekiah, his faith, his trust, And God is following God. Here's what I want to make the point though. It did not affect him having trouble, but it did affect the outcome of the trouble. In other words, his trouble didn't defeat him. It didn't destroy him. It defined him in his faith and trust in God. When we think of Hezekiah, if you've read the story, the first thing you think of, is this, Sennacherib, having him, and we'll read the passage in a second, but having him just uh, pretty much beaten, and then him going before God and praying. That's, that's what defined Hezekiah, is he trusted in God, and went, went to the Lord before him. If we trust and we believe in God, we believe that He controls our lives, He controls what's going on, And we can trust Him and believe Him no matter how bad it gets. And it can get bad. (laughs) Hezekiah, within his first year of being king there in Judah, he opens up, cleans up, fixes up the Lord's house. Within the first year, he reinstates that the temple worship. He gets the, the people of Israel to give attendance to the Word of God. He brings back the Passover. The Passover is kept. And ultimately, he puts out and takes out all the idols. They're destroyed. You could say that in, within the first year, he begins to work uh, doing what God had called him to do, and there was revival. I mean, if you'd have been there, it'd have been like, wow, this is great, and it's going to get better and better and continue to get better. But trouble did begin to come. But before the trouble comes, now we're going to start looking down through these passages. So stay there in Second Chronicles. Second Chronicles, look with me in chapter 31 and verse 20. Second Chronicles 31 and verse 20. He says, And thus did Hezekiah throughout all Judah, and wrought that which was good and right 
and truth before the Lord his God, and in every work that he began in the service of the house of God and in the law and in the commandments, look at this, to seek his God. He did it, look at this, with all his heart and prospered. So here Hezekiah is going to seek the Lord, to seek truth, to seek Him. And he did it with all his heart. This is, this is the thing that I'd say we keep going back to. That, that our walk and our faith and our trust in God is a heart issue. And going after the Lord with our heart and seeking Him and giving Him our heart makes all the difference. But again, it does not exempt them from the trouble. Read verse 1 of the next chapter with me. And after these things, and the establishment thereof, Sennacherib, king of Assyria, came and entered into Judah and encamped against the fenced cities and thought to win them for himself. Just as it seems like that there's going to be some victory, just as it seems like there's going to be some, some uh, wonderful things happen, an enemy comes up against them. And camps around them. And boy, begins to bring fear into the people. Look what Hezekiah's answer was to this. Uh, in verse 6. And he set captains of war over the people and gathered them together to him in the street of the gate of the city and spake comfortably to them, saying, Be strong and courageous. Be not afraid nor dismayed of the king of Assyria nor for all the multitude that is with them. For there be more with us than with Him. He is counting God. He was counting God on His side. And this is the thing that believers do. This is the thing that's different that the, the believers do is we, we see God on our side, therefore there's always more than, with us than is with them. He says, verse 8, With Him as an arm of flesh, but with us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. And the people rested themselves on the words of Hezekiah, king of Judah. What comforting words, what comforting thoughts to think that, hey, our God, the one true God, He will fight our battles for us. In other words, we face battles and we're going to go through battles but we have a God that won't just fight our battles with us. He'll fight our battles for us if we trust in Him. And my goodness, you can look back in your own life and see how He's done this. But that doesn't stop the mind games. That doesn't stop the enemy from continuing to try to discourage and try to defeat what's going on. Look with me now in verse 14 of 32. We're going to read a lot of scripture this morning, so just be ready. He says, this is Sennacherib. Who was there among all the gods of those nations, verse 14 of chapter 32, that my fathers utterly destroyed and could deliver this people out of my hand that your God should be able to deliver you out of my hand? Now therefore, let not Hezekiah deceive you nor persuade you on this manner, neither yet believe him. For no God of any nation or people out of, uh, or any kingdom is able to deliver his people out of my hand and out of the hand of my fathers. How much less your God deliver you out of my hand. The Sennacherib saying, listen, we've defeated other nations with all kinds of other gods. And he's trying to discourage 
the people within the gates, within the city walls. He's trying to discourage them. He said, don't listen to Hezekiah. He says, listen, we are going to destroy you. There is no God that can save you. Verse 17, he continues. And he wrote also a letter to rail on the Lord God of Israel. That is a mistake. I mean, that is a mistake to write a letter to rail on God and to speak against him saying, as the gods of the nations of other lands have not delivered their people out of my hand, so shall not the God of Hezekiah deliver his people out of my hand. Then they cried with a loud voice in the Jews' speech unto the people of Jerusalem that were on the wall to affright them and to trouble them that they might take the city. And they spake against the God of Jerusalem and against the gods of the people of the earth, which were the work of the hands of man. We see here now he begins his propaganda. He thinks he's trying to starve them out. He's trying to discourage them. And this is exactly what happens to us spiritually. In the middle of a battle, you know what we hear? All these voices. It's not going to get better. Uh, you might as well give up. This is, you know, you're crazy to trust in the God that can deliver you. You're, you know, all these thoughts begin to come into your mind and through your mind telling us lies and causing us to doubt and saying you can't do it and it can't be done and all these sort of things. It's over. You'll never be happy again. All these lies that keep coming into our, into our mind. And you know what Hezekiah does with this? Look at verse 20. The next verse, he prays. And for this cause, Hezekiah the king and the prophet Isaiah, the son of Amos, prayed and cried to heaven. Of course he prayed. Of course he prayed. Why, why would he pray? He was in trouble and he was a follower of Christ. He was a follower of God. Hey, as believers, as followers, this is what we do. When trouble comes, listen, when trouble comes, it's nice to have people to, around to help us and comfort us. And as Christians, we should comfort each other and help each other. But the truth of the matter is, the only one that can deliver us from real trouble is God. And, and He's the one. I mean, He's the one that can deliver us. He's the only one that can help. And He can help. I mean, Hezekiah... Isaiah, where were they going to go? They had nowhere to turn except God. Let's look at this. So this, this passage and this story is in Kings and in Chronicles. I want us to turn now to Chronicles, or uh, Kings, excuse me. Uh, 2 Kings chapter 19. We're going to start picking up the same story from there. Just a little more details here. He says that Hezekiah prayed. There's uh, in 2 Kings chapter 19, it gives us more details of Hezekiah's prayer for deliverance and for help. He says in 2 Kings 19 14, and Hezekiah received the letter of the hand of the messenger and read it. We read what the letter was saying. And Hezekiah went up into the house of the Lord and spread it before the Lord. Can you see this? He gets this letter and he goes, what am I going to do with it? He goes into the house of the Lord and lays it down before the Lord and gets down on his knees. And he says, and Hezekiah, verse 15, prayed before the Lord and said, O Lord God of Israel, which dwelleth between the cherubims, 
Thou art the God, even Thou alone, of all the kingdoms of the earth. Thou hast made the heavens and the earth. He said, uh, Lord, bow down Thine ear and hear. Open, Lord, Thine eyes and see. And hear the words of Sennacherib, which which hath sent him to reproach the living God. And he had been reproaching the living God. He said, of a truth, Lord, the kings of... The kings of Assyria have destroyed the nations and their lands and have cast their gods into the fire. For they were no gods, but the work of man's hands, wood and stone. Therefore they have destroyed them. Now therefore, O Lord our God, I beseech Thee, or I beg You, God, save Thou us out of His hand, that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that Thou art the Lord God even thou alone. He is getting serious with the Lord because it's Him, His life, and His kingdom. And the people that He, he, he uh, served. And look at verse 20. Then Isaiah the son of Amnes sent to Hezekiah saying, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, that which thou hast prayed to me against Sennacherib king of Assyria, I have heard. I don't know, that just gives me chills. He says, listen, the God of the universe is sitting there and Hezekiah comes before him so weak and so frail before this uh, king Sennacherib who had him exactly where he wanted and God, (laughs) all powerful, all knowing God says, listen, Isaiah, go down there and tell Hezekiah I heard his prayer. Oh man, when you... When God hears our prayer, when He hears our prayer, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter after that. He can take care of anything. Look with me now in verse 35. Verse 35 of 2 Kings chapter 19. He says, And it came to pass that night that the angel of the Lord went out and smote the camp of the Assyrians, a hundred and four score and five thousand, hundred and eighty-five thousand. And when they arose early in the morning, behold, they were all dead corpses. God heard from heaven as Hezekiah, Hezekiah prayed, and all this arrogance and all this uh, power of Sennacherib saying what he could do. And in one night, he sent an angel. And just took care of the camp of Assyria. Wiped them out. Verse 36. So Sennacherib, king of Assyria, departed and went and returned and dwelt in Nineveh. And it came to pass, as he was worshiping in the house, he said the, the Bible says that he's down there worshiping his, his, his gods. That his own children come and kill him. What a sad way to go. What a sad way to go. This guy who thought he could, he could rail against the one true God and talk about how, how much you know, strength and all the other gods that he destroyed. He stood up against the wrong God. He stood up against the one true God. The God, listen, the point I'm trying to make is the same God that saved Hezekiah hears our prayers. He hears our prayers. This isn't it for Hezekiah. Look, look now in verse 2 Kings. So he went through this great battle. But now Hezekiah in 2 Kings chapter 20 and verse, verse 1. 
It says, in those days was Hezekiah sick unto death. And the prophet Isaiah, and the son of Amos, came to him and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord, set thine house in order, for thou shalt die and not live. And he turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord, saying, So here again, he gets bad news, sickness, bad diagnosis. You know what you do? You know what believers do? They pray. That's what Hezekiah did. He said, I beseech thee. He'd said this before, hasn't he? I beg you, God. He said, I beg you, O Lord, remember now how I have walked before thee in truth with a perfect heart and have done that which is good in thy sight. And Hezekiah wept sore and it came to pass after Isaiah was going out to the middle court that the word of the Lord came to him saying, I just see this, can't you? Isaiah comes in and gives him the bad news. Before, he's, before he even gets out, uh, out of the, the castle or whatever, <laughs> God says, Isaiah, go back. He's praying. He came to me. He's praying. He, uh, Hezekiah is praying. And so, uh, verse 4, it came to pass after Hezekiah was gone into the middle court that the word of the Lord came to him saying, Turn again and tell Hezekiah, the captain of my people, thus saith the Lord God of David thy father. I underline both these places. He says, I have heard thy prayer. Again, God, the God of heaven said, Hey, listen. Isaiah, go back and tell him, I heard his prayer. I heard what he was saying. God hears our prayers. This should should strengthen our faith. God hears our prayers, and he can do anything. Is there anything too hard for God? There's nothing. He said, I have seen thy tears. Behold, I will heal thee, and on the third day thou shalt go up into the house of the Lord, and I will add unto thy days 15 years. That's a long time. He's going to die. And he says, listen, I'm going to add. I'm going to add to your life 15 years. What's the point of this? What is the point of this message? The point of this message is what Hezekiah faced. Will face. The things that Hezekiah went through, will go through. But But the point is giving our lives to the Lord. Setting out the course of our life to say, listen, I don't know. You know, so many times we put more detail on what we're going to do or how we're going to do it than who we're going to trust. In other words, we'll set all these plans together of how we're going to plan out our future. But maybe more importantly in the planning out of our future, it should be, listen, in the future, I have chosen to trust the Lord no matter which direction. My life goes no matter what happens in my life. I'll choose to yield myself. That's the surrender. Surrender. To trust. To believe. To obey. As believers, as followers of Christ, we have to keep the faith. As we give our life to the Lord, this will determine the direction of our life. We're seeking after Him. Following after Him. This, this begins at salvation. This step of trusting the Lord for our salvation, to receive Him as our Lord and Savior, as you've heard me say so many times, this is the most important decision that we could make to accept Him as our Savior. But then after receiving Christ and the free gift of salvation for us to be saved, then as believers, we don't just take over our lives from there, do we? take control of our lives and say, you know, uh, all these sort of things. 
We're, listen, Hezekiah had no chance of beating this battle, beating Sennacherib alone. He didn't. Hezekiah didn't have any chance of beating this sickness alone either. If it wasn't for the Lord intervening in his life, he would have been in trouble. It would have been a whole lot different story. And it was for many of the kings of Israel. It was a different story. This is a choice. This is a decision. I've said this before that even after you've received Christ as your Lord and Savior, there comes a point in time, I think, in every believer's life, and maybe multiple times, where we offer ourselves to the Lord. Just as Paul said, he said, present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable. And that is coming to the Lord and saying, Lord, I am offering, I am surrendering myself to you, I am trusting you. I am not holding back any area of my life, God. I am all yours. I am all yours. Offering ourselves wholly to God. This is for young people, just as Hezekiah did it at an early age. This is for moms, this is for dads, this is for grandparents, this is for everyone. Offer yourself wholly to God. And when the battles come, because they will come, we're going to need Him. Where would we go? Who would we turn to in these type of situations if it was not the Lord? It's a, it's a, it's a sad thought to think in the troubles of life, and I'm not saying this in any rude kind of way, but it would be, it would be awful to go through death, to go through sickness, to go through spiritual troubles and hardships and without Christ, without the Lord. I, I, it would be hard. I don't know what we would turn to. We'd have to turn to all kinds of things of this world that ultimately end up hurting us worse. We're going to need Him. He says, cast all your care upon me, for He careth for you. He really is the only one that can help. In sickness and in health, we are His and He is ours. Let it be our testimony, Christian. Let it be our testimony that we trusted the Lord in our, in our trouble, in our heartache, in our sickness, in our life. That, hey, He, she, they're trusting in God. What do they trust in? They trust in their career. They trust in their family. They trust in their talents, their health, their ability. They trust in their money. No. They trust in their God. And let that be said of us. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Lord, we come before you, God, and we trust in you. Lord, our, our faith is in you as a church. Uh, you are our all in all. You lead us, you guide us, you direct us in all that we do. Please, God, do that for us. Lord, we're so thankful that you hear our prayers. God, help us to be people, men and women, that have surrendered our lives to you, God. We need you. We love you, God. Thank you for your promises and your word that you'll never leave us nor forsake us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.